0: Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual domestic and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories, and leave out unnecessary details that honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. This week's episode is a listener suggestion by so many of you. So many of you wanted to hear Brianna's story, which to me is great because it means she is not forgotten. She is in your hearts where she deserves to be. This little girl never had any love in her short life, but it seems she is loved by millions in death. Thank you to Carly for being the first to suggest Brianna's story, and for John for sending me a heartbreaking documentary that I'll link in the Facebook group. Brianna Lopez was tragically born into a family full of evil monsters. They abused and tortured her from the day they took her home. This child did not have one moment of happiness from the time she took her first breath. Her life was a fight it was a murder that will never be forgotten. She had no peace in life, and her family don't want her to have peace in death. But the community that loves her are fighting back. Fighting back to have a cage removed from around her grave. The short life of baby Brianna, as she'll become known as, and the short sentence her mother received, has left a hurt on not just the community that it happened in, but the entire world. This is one of the most shocking crimes in New Mexico's history. But not only that, I believe this is probably one of the worst crimes I've heard from anywhere. And by the end of this story, you will agree. Again, this story is a hard one to listen to. I have had to take breaks recording this for you today. If you are sensitive to stories involving severe child abuse, this may be one to skip. This is Baby Brianna's story. Baby Brianna died on July 19, 2002, when she was only five months old. Investigators say she had been beaten bitten, raped, and thrown around like a football by her father and uncle. Considered the worst child abuse case in New Mexico history, baby Brianna changed child abuse laws. They pushed for law that if you killed your child, it would be the same as if you killed a stranger, and that would be a life sentence. So 30 years, technically, New Mexico is considered life. Brianna Mariah Lopez was born premature on February fourteenth, two 2002, Valentine's Day. Which, to be born on this day, the day of love, that's exactly what Brianna's life should have been, nothing but full of. But unfortunately, she would not experience one day of love in her short 153 days alive. Brianna was born to parents Stephanie Lopez and Andrew Walters in La Cruz, New Mexico. The abuse of this baby started to the day she came home from the hospital. What she went through. The hell she went through in her very short life. No one. And I mean, no one tried to help this beautiful baby girl, not even her grandparents. The abuse against this beautiful, innocent and defenceless baby girl happened almost every day. And when this abuse was happening, it would happen almost relentlessly. Brianna would be brought home in Doa Ana, New Mexico. In total, seven people lived in the two-bedroom home owned by Andrew's mother, Patricia Walters. In one room was Brianna, her mother, 19-year-old Stephanie Lopez, Her father, 21-year-old Andrew Walters, and Andrew's son from a previous relationship, 18-month-old Andy Jr. In the weeks leading up to Brianna's murder, Stephanie's twin brother, 19-year-old Stephen Lopez, would also move in, and he would sleep in their room on the floor. In the second room was Patricia and her partner, and Andrew's eight-year-old brother. Andrew's other brother, Robert Walters, was also a regular visitor to the crowded household. All adults knew of the violence towards baby Brianna, but chose to turn a blind eye. They hid what was happening in that house, if not actively participating. On the morning of July 19, 2002, a call was made to 911. Stephanie Lopez tells dispatcher that her five-month-old baby is unresponsive and not breathing. The dispatcher talked Stephanie and Andrew Walters through CPR, while they waited for emergency services to arrive at the mobile home. However, it was too late. Baby Brianna was pronounced dead on arrival at Memorial Medical Center Las Cruz at 11.10am. It was very quickly apparent to medical staff that this wasn't an accident. This baby was black and blue all over and had been deceased for some time. There was more to the story than what Stephanie claimed had happened. She told doctors that Brianna had fallen out of her bed But this baby had a long list of new and old injuries. Doctors allowed Stephanie into Brianna's room. For anyone who has lost a loved one, doctors give you this time to say your goodbyes, your final hugs. You get this time to say everything you want to say. Even though that person isn't there anymore, it is very therapeutic to have those last moments with a loved one. Now the doctors had little Brianna's body covered with a blanket with just her head showing. Stephanie walked over to her daughter, her only child, and covered her head with the blanket. She simply told Brianna she was sorry and then walked out of the room. Now, I could not imagine what it would be like to lose a child, the overwhelming feelings of grief and loss and guilt for not doing more. But I would think doctors would have to rip my child from my arms. I would struggle to accept and let go. I would want to imprint every last second with them. I'm sure they would be covered in my tears the detachment of Stephanie in this moment. Brianna could not get her mother's love and attention even after Stephanie allowed her murder. According to Brianna's autopsy, her injuries appeared to be inflicted over an extended period of time in her short life. Brianna had many injuries, which included 15 human bites in total, all in various stages of healing, multiple bruises, fractures to two right ribs, three skull fractures, swelling to the brain, signs of shaken baby syndrome, fractures to both legs. The fractures on her legs are commonly caused by someone picking up the child with a quick jerking motion by the legs. She had lacerations on her fingers and her big toe on her right foot. The autopsy revealed Brianna died from cranial cerebral injuries, which in layman's terms is basically blunt force trauma. She had bruising and scraping injuries throughout her head, as well as her upper forehead. There were extensive injuries to her head and fatal injuries to her brain. It was found that she had skull fractures in two different places, on two different bones. It was found that these fractures were five to seven days old. A further examination of Brianna's brain showed the presence of both old and new blood, indicating she'd received a separate brain injury or injuries in the past. Brianna's optical nerves were filled with both old and new blood, which indicated that she'd been violently shaken on at least two separate occasions. She'd suffered two rib fractures to the right side of her chest several weeks before her death. Brianna had buckle handle fractures on both her right and left thigh bone, as well as a fracture through the top of her left arm. These injuries were from the limbs being pulled, twisted or yanked. If you are still listening... Here is where you may want to skip the next couple of minutes. What I will say next is very disturbing, and I generally don't go into this much detail as I am here, but this story. It is important with what Brianna went through. This is your last chance to skip now. The baby's anus and vagina had multiple injuries. She had significant abrasions on her buttocks, which went into her buttocks, and that was consistent with sexual assault. The attending emergency room nurse observed that her anus gaped open with no muscle tone. Brianna's autopsy revealed a half-inch to an inch injury inside the anal opening, as well as vaginal injuries inside her labia minora, including three small tears to her hymen. Brianna Lopez's death was ruled a homicide. Dental impressions were obtained from all three suspects to determine which bite mark belonged to who. The forensic pathologist who testified at the trial stated that the injuries weren't and couldn't be the result of falling out of bed. Detective Lyndall Wright was the first police officer on the scene. He took a picture of baby Brianna at the medical examiner's office. He would go home and edit these photos to remove her facial bruises, to make her look like she was sleeping. Detective Wright carries this photo around of Brianna so she is at least remembered and loved by him. He calls her his sleeping angel. He said that in his time as a detective, this was one of the worst, if not the worst case of child abuse he'd ever seen or heard. And honestly, I have to concur here. I don't remember another case with this level of inhumane brutality. When I arrived um, at the hospital, I expected a a child abuse, but nothing to the extent that I saw that day. The nurses and doctors were upset, and you you could tell that it impacted them. Now, obviously, Stephanie and Andrew, being Brianna's parents, were arrested immediately and interrogated. As I said, police were heavily affected by the condition this sweet baby girl was found in and they wanted the truth. According to Stephanie, the night before her daughter's death, June 18, 2002, she had drank three beers and went to sleep at 10pm, leaving Brianna in the care of her father, Andrew. She went to sleep in the same room as Andrew and her twin brother Stephen, who continued to drink and play video games. Eighteen-month-old Andy Jr. was also there, but he was allegedly asleep during this time. I really hope he did somehow sleep through what is to come. Stephanie would claim that after she went to sleep that night, she had nothing of the abuse and torture of her five-month-old daughter. Look, how is this possible? This is a small room in a mobile home, and Stephanie claimed to have only had three beers. To get that blackout drunk after three beers. Look, maybe I can just handle my liquor better than the average person, I don't know. But it would take a heck of a lot more than three beers to be that drunk that I pass out and not hear what is to come. Not hear my baby screaming in agony. I call absolute bullshit on this. The next morning, June 19th, 2002... Stephanie had woken at 9.45 and found that Brianna was not breathing and unresponsive, and this is when she called 911. When Stephanie asked Andrew about the bruises on baby Brianna's head, he responded, we may have been a little rough with her last night. When questioned about the bite marks, she claimed these came from her partner's child, Andy Jr. But this would later be proven untrue by the medical examiner. The puncture wounds from the bites were far too big and too deep to be caused by a toddler, These were inflicted by an adult. According to Stephanie, the bruises on baby Brianna were caused by Andrew. That a week prior, she'd witnessed Andrew throw Brianna into the air and she hit the ceiling. Stephanie claimed she told Andrew to stop because he was hurting her. Stephanie would say that this happened on three separate occasions. Look, I don't know. As a mother, if I saw my partner do something like that to my baby, I would take my baby and leave. There'd be no politely asking him to stop and then giving him multiple chances to do so. Stephanie also said the other bruises may have come from Brianna rolling off the bed, which happened several times in recent weeks. It became clear to police they weren't going to get any more information from Stephanie than that, since she claimed to be passed out and all. So they turned their attention to Brianna's father, Andrew Walters. Andrew would tell police that after Stephanie went to sleep he and Stephen Lopez started to play a little rough with the baby. He openly admitted to throwing Brianna up in the air and then she would hit the ceiling of the mobile home, but then maybe he missed catching her a couple of times on the way back down. But it wasn't just him. Andrew told police that her Uncle Stephen also did this, like it was a game, that they would take turns throwing baby Brianna up into the air so high she hit the ceiling and then they would let her hit the floor over and over. Andrew admitted his daughter was crying throughout this ordeal, and when asked what he did to comfort Brianna when she started crying, what did he, her father, do to calm her down? Andrew said, I just kept throwing her in the air. Andrew would also state that he had bruised Brianna before playing with her and she had been fine, but he admitted to Stephanie did not approve of this, that she would get mad at him. He said that when he went to sleep at 12.30am that his daughter was conscious and crying. And when he woke about three hours later, he didn't know where his daughter was. But instead of maybe looking for her, Andrew just went back to sleep, father of the year. And then when he woke the next morning at around seven, he found her lying on the floor next to the couch. He said he changed her diaper and played with her before wrapping her in a blanket and putting her back to sleep in her bouncer. He said the next thing he knew it was 10am and Stephanie had woke him up in a panic that Brianna wasn't breathing. Police went on to question Andrew about the extensive injuries to Brianna's genitals. Andrew would become almost hostile at this accusation and said, you're not going to find any semen there. Andrew would claim the reason she had those injuries was because when he changed her diaper, he took a baby wipe, wrapped it around his finger and sodomized her with it. And then when he removed his finger, he saw a bit of blood on the baby wipe. But the injuries Brianna had sustained, it was not possible it was from that one incident. She'd been brutally sexually assaulted multiple times. Andrew did admit that some of the bite marks on Brianna was from when he became aggravated with the baby. But, quote, I did not take a chunk out of her, unquote. And that he wasn't the only one. That Stephanie would bite Brianna when the baby cried but she also pinched her ears and threw the baby up to two feet into her bouncer when she was frustrated, and that if Brianna cried from the pain of her injuries, they would silence her by stuffing her mouth with clothing. The last person police needed to speak to was the other man present that night, Stephanie's twin brother, Stephen Lopez. When he gave his initial statement to police, he said that on the night in question, Andrew returned home from his job as a busboy at the Joy Luck restaurant, And then the two went out to buy a case of beer before heading back home around 6pm to play video games. He supported Stephanie's claims that she passed out at around 10pm and agreed with Andrew's statement that they were throwing baby Brianna into the air and allowing her to fall to the ground. That this would have happened maybe two or three times. Stephen too would be questioned in regards to the suspected sexual abuse of this baby. And like Andrew, Stephen grew defensive. It was almost as if he was offended he would be asked such a question. However, when interrogated further, he would change his answer to that he didn't remember if he assaulted the baby in that manner. And then he changed again, stating he was drunk that night, and what he actually didn't remember was starting the sexual abuse on his niece. But he said he stopped the sex act once he realised what he was doing because he knew it was wrong. Stephen's clothing was removed for forensic testing and Brianna's blood was found on the inside of this sick monster's pants. This poor, sweet, beautiful girl didn't ask to be born or for any of this. There is nothing to suggest this baby had any love during her five months and five days alive. Brianna was nothing but a form of sadistic amusement for these sick monsters who should have cared for her and should have protected her. Officer Wright would later state that in the home there was not one single toy for Brianna to play with and not one photo of her. When at five months old, there should have been dozens. But Andy Jr., he had everything, toys and food. Photos displayed of him, laughing and smiling, but not Brianna. Officer Wright said he had witnessed countless horrific cases throughout his career, but Brianna's story will haunt him forever. Quote, I shed tears uncontrollably. It will remain with me for the rest of my life. This tests your ability to speak. You fear your emotions will overpower you. Given what had been revealed in their police interviews, Andy Jr. and Brianna's eight year old uncle were removed from the home and placed into state care. They had not experienced any abuse, however, they would have been witness to it, which would have undoubtedly caused deep emotional trauma in these two children. Brianna's mother, Stephanie Lopez, was found guilty of permitting child abuse resulting in death or great bodily harm. She was sentenced to 27 years in prison. To me, this isn't long enough. While she didn't directly cause Brianna's death, she still was a catalyst of much of the abuse on this baby. And she stood by passively and allowed her partner and brother to torture Brianna in every way possible. Controversially, due to good behaviour... Stephanie would be released on parole on September 28, 2016, having served less than 15 years of her sentence. There was obvious public outrage at this. Numerous petitions were filed with thousands of signatures, many even contacting the governor to express their concerns. But to this day, Stephanie Lopez is a free woman and living in Texas. She is currently in protective custody and has to wear a tracking device around her ankle but she is still free to live and experience all that life has to offer. She has freedom, more than she ever allowed her own daughter. In 2003, Lopez was sentenced to 27 years, but if she behaves, she will only serve half of that and will be released in four years. Now, almost 30,000 people from all over the country have signed an online petition asking the state to block her release, but their efforts will mean nothing. Lopez has earned good time, and unlike Brianna's father and uncle, who were convicted of raping and murdering Brianna, she doesn't have to serve 85% of her sentence because child abuse isn't considered a violent crime. The fact that she can get out and walk free um, after allowing her little baby girl to be brutally killed while she's present, um, I mean, and raped, that is something that uh, she's going to have to live with the rest of her life. Brianna's father, Andrew Walters, was found guilty of intentional child abuse resulting in death or great bodily harm, conspiracy to commit intentional child abuse resulting in death or great bodily harm, criminal sexual penetration of a child under thirteen in the first degree, intentional child abuse not resulting in death or great bodily harm, and permitting child abuse. He was sentenced to fifty seven years in prison. Andrew had to be relocated to another prison after sentencing. There were fears for his safety. Because even the most vicious and hardened criminal, they don't like child rapists and murderers. Officials should have turned a blind eye, in my opinion. Brianna's uncle, Stephen Lopez, was found guilty of intentional child abuse resulting in death or great bodily harm. Conspiracy to commit intentional child abuse resulting in death or great bodily harm. Criminal sexual penetration of a child under 13 in the first degree. He was sentenced to 51 years in prison. Both Andrew Walters and Stephen Lopez are soon eligible for parole in 2025, but they don't deserve that. I hope there is some sanity in this world and they are denied any chance of freedom. Honestly, they deserve to be tied up for a public stoning for what they did to baby Brianna. Brianna's grandmother, Patricia Walters, her partner and another uncle, Robert Walters, who, as I mentioned at the start of the story, they were aware of the abuse on this little girl. They too received a prison sentence for failing to report the abuse they had witnessed. For that, they received a meagre 60 days in prison, which I don't want to get started. That sentence is a joke and really pals in comparison to what they knew Brianna was going through and yet they did nothing. Nobody cared for her in life. Nobody seemed to love her in life. Five-month-old Brianna Lopez never had a chance. The bruises and cuts from the top of her head to the tip of her toes prove she suffered her entire life and the community feels she's still suffering now. Even in death, the family is not letting her be loved. Brianna is locked up in a cage in the Doniana Cemetery. It was put up by Brianna's family shortly after she was buried. Even though they wouldn't claim her body, strangers came together, paid for everything from the casket to her clothes. Then they buried her in this pauper's grave. Now it's surrounded by metal and wire to keep that community out. Brianna Lopez was buried in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but her family were determined to deny this sweet baby love even after what they put her through. She was buried without a headstone, no flowers, nothing, just a marker in the ground to show there was someone buried there. Thousands of people mourned Brianna's horrific death. Strangers who had never met Brianna in life, they united to support the baby girl. They continuously placed flowers and toys at her gravesite. There was a GoFundMe to raise money for a headstone to remember Brianna. The public wanted to show Brianna the love she never got the chance to experience in life. And this makes me want to cry. How people can come together. When they couldn't do anything, we can't go back in time and save Brianna. But they wanted to do all they could do now. But the family decided they didn't want that. They didn't want the attention and visitors at Brianna's gravesite. They put a big old black mesh cage around where she was buried to deter our people from visiting, to keep Brianna's story out of the spotlight. But this had an opposite effect. This made the community even more determined to make sure Brianna was not forgotten, and they kept on placing flowers around the cage. The same community even establishing another memorial site to honour and remember this baby girl. When questioned about the cage, her family, if you can even call them that, they had little to say, quote. They requested to be left alone and expressed a desire for Brianna to be left alone. At the time of Brianna's murder, the maximum sentence for intentionally causing fatal harm to a child through abuse was 18 years in prison. After three years of persistent efforts by Mary Jane Garcia and her team, Senate Bill 166, also known as the Baby Brianna Bill, was signed by Governor Bill Richardson in 2005. This bill made child abuse resulting in death, a first-degree felony in New Mexico, carrying a mandatory minimum sentence of 30 years in prison. I must say Mary Jane Garcia is an amazing person. She was the person responsible for spearheading the Baby Brianna Bill, Fighting for justice for Brianna and other innocent children like her became Mary Jane's life purpose. This story has really gotten to me. That baby had not lived to even get to know how to crawl, walk, learn how to play, learn how to share, learn how to make friends or tie her shoes. She never got to be six months, celebrate her first birthday with a cake and presents, Never got to experience her first crush, her first kiss. She never got the chance to figure out who she is or even wonder who she would be or what she would be like. She never got to pick out a prom dress. She never got to wonder about who she would marry, how many kids she would have, what kind of parent she would be, or even if she even wanted children or not. She never got the chance to experience being a bridesmaid, a bride, drive a car, experience her 16th, 18th, 21st birthdays. I could go on and on about what she didn't get to do or experience. She didn't get to do so many things. But Brianna does get to be something amazing. She gets to be an angel. She's our angel and everyone whose hearts and lives her story has touched. Rest in peace, baby Brianna. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives... Please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice, and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu.